Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, remember when Dirk Cutter said that Jameis Winston was his quarterback for the rest of the season because he didn't believe in switching quarterbacks unless maybe one got hurt? Yeah, well, forget about all that. The Bucks made a change, another one, at quarterback. Yeah, we're going to start Fitz at quarterback this week, and uh, that's feels, uh, what we feel like we need to do this week to give ourselves the best chance. What does that mean for Winston's future? And why did Cutter go this route? Well, we'll discuss all that. You'll hear from Cutter here in just a moment. Meanwhile, the Tampa Bay Lightning play New Jersey tonight at Amelie Arena as they Fresh off their road trip, which is a pretty good one for them. And then congratulations, by the way, to World Series champion, the Boston Red Sox. And a nod to all the X-rays. Steve Pierce is named the uh, World Series MVP, and David Price gets two wins in that as well. So we've got all that to talk about and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Before we get started on this podcast, do you want to be a millionaire? Well, who doesn't? Well, for 30 years... Howard and Sue Million have brought the cool comfort of air conditioning to the entire Tampa Bay area, making thousands of residents millionaires with their quality products and service. Millionaire is currently offering 0% interest, that's right, for 72 months on qualifying equipment. Now give them a call. They're at 727-862-2100 and take advantage of this great offer on brand new quality train air conditioning units or you can schedule service or maintenance. Call 727-862-2100 today. Trust the masters of comfort, millionaire. All right, well, he did it. He came out, and uh, I guess the first surprise is Dirk Cutter did not delay the announcement. Uh, today at his Monday press conference, he made it very clear right off the bat, after I asked the question, that uh, he is going back, 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 to Ryan Fitzpatrick as the Buccaneers quarterback. Wait, but he's not it's waiting until Sunday, and you have to show up for the game to find out who's going to start, like we did in Week Four. Yeah, that's that's what he did. You're right. That's what he did in Week Four. Um, there's been you know various uh, sort of strategies involved with that, I suppose. But in this case, you know, after watching James Winston throw four interceptions, including a pick six, I mentioned in the open. You know, he he now has uh, maybe I didn't mention this in the open, but he now has ten interceptions on the season he's only played about three and a half games and that ties Sam Darnold and um, who's the other one Uh, Case Keenum for the most in the NFL only those guys have thrown more than 100 passes each than Winston in fact in the case of Keenum I think it's like 175 or so so I mean this guy has been horrible and the worst in the NFL in terms of protecting the football and we kind of sensed it, Steve. We said about it, you know, last night uh, after you know the Bucks seeing the Bucks game, um, and, and seeing Dirk Cutter's reaction to what had just tr- transpired. There was a certain level of just ab- abject, dist- you know, just disgust. I mean, he he was like at the point where like, geez, you know what? We're minus four. They won a game the week before when they were minus three in the turnover battle, which is virtually impossible to do. 
and they came oh so close to doing it when they were minus four. First and foremost, they don't get any turnovers. That's the first problem. They they rarely uh, have any interceptions, um, very few fumble recoveries, that sort of thing. So, you know, that that's a problem. But when you turn it over yourself uh, and, it, you know, you're 4-0 or 3-0 in the turnover game, you almost the statistics are just ridiculous. You almost never have a chance to win those games. And somehow they've, you know, they've been bucking the odds a little bit and nearly pulled it out again, you know, on Sunday. But, I mean, this was inevitable. I think when we when we talked about it, Steve, I think you said or we talked about how if Dirk Cutter wanted to keep his team, the 52 guys, and be, and be honest with them and have them understand that it wasn't just lip service when he says we're going to play the guys that give us the best chance to win, he had to go with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Anything else he says about Jameis Winston and coming back and playing, you know, at Carolina, he he could have lost more than a football game. Yeah, and I think it's really telling that he came out on Monday and definitively said Ryan Fitzpatrick starting this Sunday. That mm-hmm. he didn't wait till Wednesday or even play the games and Friday. you know, yeah. tell the players but not tell the media and the fans. This was this was a message not just to his team, but I think to the whole fan base as well. Yeah. That you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is starting this week. Let's get it out of the way now. No ifs, ands, or buts. No questions. No, you know, who's going to start. None of this going on. It's Ryan Fitzpatrick's our starter. Jameis Winston's not playing well enough, period. That's right. Obviously, with what Ryan was able to do in that game and bring him back, you know, with 16 unanswered points and get the tie with a two-point conversion, a couple of touchdown passes he did and looked very similar to the way he did, especially the first three weeks when he was the starting quarterback. And uh, for that, you know, they can see that he can make plays and he protects the ball much better. I mean, his touchdown-to-interception ratio would would prove that. And so they just feel like, you know what, this week we have a better chance against Carolina, which is, you know, it was going to be hard no matter who played quarterback, but this is the way they decided to go. And, and I mean, I get it. And on the one hand, I get it. But on the other hand – you know, this decision was not made in a vacuum. So at some point, Jason Light and the ownership had to be consulted about it. And I think this is one of those, Steve, where if you hire a head coach and you tell him, look, it's a bottom line business, we need to win, right? You need to win. We all want to win. Let's win. And the more wins we get, the happier everybody is. Well, if you have a head coach that comes to you and says, I can't win with this guy right now, I have to make this decision. Even if you're an organization that believes that Winston is your future and you have every intent of him getting the $20 million or what have you, you have to listen to the head coach. Otherwise, you can send him on his way the way they sent Hugh Jackson on his way today. Well, not only that, but it's the coach that got the head coaching job because of the the, the progress that Jameis Winston made his his first season with the Bucks with him, yeah, and th- they gave Dirk Cutter the job because of the job he did, and now Dirk saying I can't win with this guy. And, and, <laughs> Dirk, and may, maybe yeah, maybe right. maybe Dirk thought that all along. I mean, you know, as far as you know, who knows what he actually thinks of Jameis and and did for, even first year was he was an offensive coordinator to the head coach, but yeah. as an offensive coordinator, and Dirk's a pretty good offensive coordinator, and and he's got a proven track record of that that. He definitely helped Jameis get better throughout that first year, and 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 look, Jameis has progressed every year. This year, this year is so crazy with everything going around it, from missing most of training camp, or or, or not getting the first team reps in training camp, I should say, missing the first three games. Right, you right. Know, 
you know, it looked like Jameis was making progress in the preseason, but you know, he was also playing not the first team reps necessarily in the preseason. So it's kind of a crazy year. We all thought he was getting better. He hasn't shown it on the field during a game yet this season, mm-hmm. but it's been such a crazy season for him. It's hard to tell. And you know, look, it, it, if they're, if they're trying to win now, this was absolutely the right decision. But if you read Martin Fenley's column, oh, and, and you know, he thinks exact opposite. He thinks this is absolutely the wrong move for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he brings up some right. good points. And, and his is more about the long term and the future. And, and look, no one expects Ryan Fitzpatrick to keep up the pace he's gone on. This is what he's done in his career. He'll have some flashes of great games, and then he has some bad games. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what most people are expecting to happen now. I don't know if Ryan Fitzpatrick's ever played with as many weapons around him either. And I think Todd Munkin's done a pretty good job calling play. I mean, they won a game with a negative three uh, turnover differential. They're almost won a game with, or went to overtime with a minus four differential and a defense is giving up tons of points yet. They're still producing even when they turn the ball over. Right. All that is true. And you know, it, it was a weird day. I mean, first of all, this can't, this can't be a good thing for Dirk Cutter. I mean, no matter – he's sort of in a tough place. Like I said, he would lose the locker room, I think, or a, a good portion of it if he stuck with Jameis Winston. Um, but he does have to win. And he has given up, you know, so much. I mean, the, the play calling, uh, we talked about that. You made a, you made a comment, and I, and I want to get into this a little bit more, um, in that, you know, how much of this – this whole year, in essence, is a byproduct of a decision Jameis Winston made after his rookie season in March when he, um, according to the NFL, inappropriately you know, touched an Uber driver and found himself this year suspended for three games. Because going back to the beginning, right, how do you prepare for a season? Now, you know, the, one of the first things they did was, okay, Jameis is off all our literature. We're taking him off the building. He's not a captain right now. Um, he's going to take backup reps. So he's throwing to Freddie Martino, right, and Justin Watson and guys like this. But we'll mix him in there when we can. And, oh, by the way, we're getting Ryan Fitzpatrick to start the first three or maybe four games of the National Football League season. Ryan is our guy. Jameis needs to lead from the back. Well, go back further. They may not have re-signed Ryan Fitzpatrick if Jameis wasn't suspended or had the chance of being suspended. Right. Part of the the reason they brought him back was... They anticipated this could happen. They knew he he knew the offense. He had been there last year. He played pretty well in the three games he played. You know, who knows who your quarterback would have been? Would you have gone after somebody else? You may have, but they they liked his performance, Mm -hmm. and, and, and you're right. They had it in mind that, you know, he may have to play and play early. And we need someone that we trust that can play well, and he'll be in the second year of his system and all that. But because of that mistake, because Jameis Winston, and everybody said at the time, including Winston, I put my team in a horrible position. And that's the thing to remember here. Um, he did this to himself. You know, Dirk Cutter didn't say, you know, anything other than, I've got to get ready to play New Orleans, and I'm going to go with Ryan Fitzpatrick. But what happened? Okay, so Jameis, while he's out on the sandlot throwing the guys that will never be in the NFL, okay, good good effort, good try, good effort, not anything like what you should be doing in training camp. 
and he's persona non grata for you know the first three games you know Fitzpatrick does what he goes out there and rips it okay three straight games of 400 yards passing or more three touchdowns in every game he wins the first two against the defending Super Bowl champions and then the season opener 48-40 over the New Orleans Saints who last time I checked don't have another loss that's their only loss of the season is that one okay so he hangs all of that you know sort of on them and, you know, and so, so Winston's out, and he can't do anything. Can't be around the team, nothing. They got off to this good start. Well, now Winston comes back. And what's the first thing they do? Things go rough in Chicago. They give him some playing time in the second half, right? And then here comes the cloak and dagger stuff, whether they're going back to Jameis. But they were always going back to Jameis. And as Dirk Cutter said when he did it, hey, he's going to be here a lot longer than I am. You know, so so he needs to play. And you know what? When they put him in, he got his restart. He did okay in Atlanta. Wasn't that sharp against Chicago when he played the second half. He did okay in Atlanta. Maybe better than okay. But he still made the critical interceptions. Um, he still didn't protect the football. Okay, no matter whose fault it was. And he hasn't looked as sharp, right, as he did in the preseason when even when even when he was going week to week to week to week and didn't have this interruption. So maybe he lost his edge a little bit. Maybe he needed to be throwing to Deshaun Jackson and Chris Godwin and OJ Howard and all those guys for all those weeks to stay to stay sharp, right? And then what happens? Fitzpatrick just kills it. And and Ryan knows that for any other reason he wouldn't be benched other than the fact that there's a big investment in Jameis Winston, right? Mm-hmm. He's 24 years old. He's a former number one overall pick. He's a Heisman Trophy winner. They've got three years of sweat equity in him playing quarterback. Um, so, you know, Ryan goes to the bench, but that memory of how well he played is still fresh in everybody's mind. And how come? Because Jameis wasn't there to play the first three games because somebody had to take the reins. And this is professional sports, professional sports, where – you know, if you give a guy a chance to take your job, guess what? He may take it. Doesn't matter if he's a 36-year-old vagabond journeyman quarterback or not. And I think Jameis has learned a tough lesson. I think when he came back, he wasn't as sharp, despite how he played or didn't play in Atlanta. Um, I think his confidence isn't what it should be because he didn't have a normal training camp. You know, they took him off the billboard. First day back, you know, when he's going to play – against Atlanta, all of a sudden they cut a separate video of, of Jameis saying how he's back and he's by himself and all this kind of stuff. I think all of that, and, and again, whose fault is it? Jameis Winston's. Jameis Winston put Jameis Winston in this position, and it, is, it has been the theme from the beginning of the year. We said it. What we made the mistake, what I made the mistake of saying is, hey, it's all about those first three games. Tell me how they come out. Are they 0-3? Are they 1-2? and Are they 2-1? and well, it was really four games, and they won two of them, which was fine. But it wasn't about that. It was about what Winston had already done to himself. And in my mind, anyway, and Dirk Cutter had said, he goes, look, there's no way to qualify that. You know, you can't prove that. He had a great preseason. He did this. He did that. All of that is true. But you know what else he did? He made Ryan Fitzpatrick a better option. Look, it's one thing if you get injured and a guy comes in. But in this case... Jameis Winston handed the keys to Ryan Fitzpatrick for three games. Absolutely. Do my job for me. Yeah. 
and Ryan Fitzpatrick did it exceptionally well, particularly the first two games. Better than Jameis had ever done it. Yeah, but well, better than any quarterbacks had ever started a season. Right, right. Three in a row. As far as yardage-wise. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, this Jameis, at the end of the day, he did this to himself and everyone associated with the team. Right. And and and, we, and, and the, the hard part is, is that, and granted, you know, it's, it's the eye test of watching it, but the players play better for Fitzpatrick. They believe in him more. You can see you, uh, the way they play. I had friends in Cincinnati telling me, that, you know, sitting behind the Bucks bench, that the players got excited when Fitzpatrick started warming up. You could feel yeah. it on the sideline. It, it, the feeling changed there. Well, look, that position is all about belief. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is. I mean, you have to execute and you have to, you have to move your team and get the, you know, get the comeback wins. And, you know, winning, winning is the biggest thing. But, but all, all teammates want to do is be able to make plays and be a reason why you win the game. And Fitzpatrick has proven that he will spread the ball around. He will make good decisions. He can absolutely throw the deep ball. And he puts and it on target. Give him a look, and, it's, and it's accurate. He's accurate. You know, the thing about Winston, we, we said this the other night. I mean, you know, even in, in the days where his, in, you know, completion percentage is, is rising overall to near 70% or what have you, take a look at some of the throws, you know. I mean, these guys are jumping and diving and flailing all over the place, and they're six five and six foot six. It's not an accident why they have big, long, tall receivers. Well, and Dirk said right? two of the interceptions were overthrows. He said two were bad yeah, decisions, you but the other two were overthrows. A six foot five guy overthrew him. Think about what you have to do to overthrow a guy that size. And he just has he hasn't been that accurate. But Fitzpatrick throws a nice ball. Now, you know, let's not kid ourselves. His arm strength's not what. You would hope it would be, but at this stage of his career, it is what it is. He's mobile enough. I mean, he's athletic enough. As Dirk Cutter said today, he's not ready for a wheelchair. And he knows when to run. He's decisive about when well, he's he should decisive. Run. That's the important part. And they were, they were the talking key. about the lot on the broadcast uh, with yeah. Chris Myers and that, that, you know, that Jameis said, you know, in watching Fitzpatrick is being decisive of when, you, when there's a lane open, be decisive and go take it. Mm-hmm. Everything Fitzpatrick has done this year has been decisive. That's what you Sorry. notice back there. It's it's okay. I'm throwing. I'm throwing here. I'm throwing it. There's not. He's not hesitating. He's not second guessing, which means he's not late on the throws. He's not missing guys because he waited too long. That's right. No, he throws with anticipation. He gives them a chance to track it. Um, he throws it early. You know all those things, and there is belief. I talked to O.J. Howard. You know the Bucks tight end from Alabama, and he said, "Man, he goes. You know when Fitzpatrick came in." The first thing he did was tell a joke. And I go, well, what was the joke? He goes, oh, I can't say it. <laughs> but, but he told one. And he goes, you know, he goes, I love that about Fitz. He goes, he wants to just loosen everybody up, you know, lighten the mood up. And he goes, and, and it worked, you know, the way we went. He goes, that's just kind of who the guy is. It's also that veteran you know? presence. I mean, he's comfortable Absolutely. enough to do that, too. Absolutely. Say something funny. And, heck, you're you down know. 18. You well, know, and that the was the thing doesn't that happen, to his, it doesn't happen, but right, that worked to his advantage. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, under a different circumstances if you'd had a different outcome, but sure. It's interesting though because Fitz is Fitz has some swagger to him too. You know, he he comes off as this on oh, this kind of Harvard guy and you know, been everywhere and I'm kind of a journeyman. Um, but he can he can approach anyone in that locker room and they all respect him. I mean, they just do every because of the longevity of his career, the number of teams he's played with, you know, all of that stuff. 
And, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, Carolina's going to be an awfully tough out for anybody. But this is, this is Dirk Cutter going out on a limb saying, I know what we need to do to win Sunday. And if ownership, I'm sure Jason Light, whether they agree, disagree, they're going to support him. You know, they're going to support him with the decision. Well, they have to at this point. I mean, you've, you've made sure. the change. And, and, you know, as Dirk said, look, the, long, this week is as long-term as I'm getting right now, which yep. for his, you know, holding the job, it probably is a week-to-week thing at this point. Not that he'll be fired any given week, but that right. he's got to win this year most likely to keep his job next year. Absolutely. So it's about what am I going to do to win this week, each week? Mm-hmm. You know, and this week and now yet, you're facing a tough defense in, in Cam Newton and, and the Panthers. Right. You know, that's going to be a challenge right. up there. And yet I can see Martin Fenley's point when he wrote, you know, like his column is about how you shouldn't make a switch now. I mean, there is something to the fact that it's one game. I mean, it really is. It's one game. And he's had other games like this, and you're up to 10 interceptions and all that. But if you ran him back out there, you know, he maybe he maybe he does get better. I mean, you just don't know. You know, if your conviction was so strong – that after watching Ryan Fitzpatrick those first two weeks, they get blammoed in Chicago and they get a bye week. And your conviction for for Jameis Winston was so strong that you benched a guy that was the NF, NFL Offensive Player of the Week twice in back-to-back weeks because you thought he gave you the best chance to win. That's that's sort of like just handing him the keys. Well, I wonder if that know? decision a couple weeks ago was Dirks or not. Very well could have been management. I mean, I, again, I, I think – but I think this time, I think it was the plan be... going into the season all along. I believe that part. That's of, what he of said. What he said. says, "I looked at the schedule and said, you know, yeah. we got the bye week, then we're here, then the next week would make sense." I believe that. But when it came push to shove, when it came after week four, was that really the was that really his choice, or was it somebody else's? Somebody else's. Yeah. And granted, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't have a great game week four in Chicago. Right. I mean, that was more on the defense that lost that game, but no, Fitzpatrick but he, didn't didn't have a, well. he didn't have a very good game. No. And they were down so many points, they, they thought it would be, you know, the right thing to do to get them some reps. But well, I, I completely agreed with that. Even if you put Fitzpatrick back in after the bye, that, you know, might, sure. that's a time to get Jameis some actual game reps. So now, do you think this means that Jameis Winston's career is over here in Tampa for all intents and purposes? <sighs> what if Fitzpatrick does really, really well? I mean, I, I don't know what to predict. I'm not going to predict the postseason necessarily. But, I mean, where are they with this quarterback? If he if, if Fitzpatrick plays well enough and we're just clicking down the weeks, does he get another year if he doesn't really play much the rest of the season? Well, does he want another year? That's a, well, I mean, you know, it's another part of The problem of what, is he don't get to make that decision. Well, you can always retire. Club. You can always retire. <laughs> okay, he's not – I mean, <laughs> I suppose he – I suppose you're right. He I don't, can quit. I, I'm just saying. So what, I, I don't. Uh, he may not do that. But what I'm saying is, is you know, a player can always say, you know, he's 34, 35 years old. He may say, enough's enough. I, I you know, yeah. granted, if you have a really good season this year, probably not. No, I mean, fits. Fitz- hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home. You have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. 
Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is at the point where, you know, I mean, I, it's funny because we talk about when he's 35, you know, but Fitz is at the point now where he does talk to his wife because he's played for seven teams. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you know, every offseason it's me, my wife, and I got to think about why am I doing this and he thinks it's cool that his kids are getting old enough to really enjoy it, but he's about to have. Yeah, his, I was gonna say he keeps eight, having more kids, so he's gonna have to keep. He's playing. gonna have his eighth child, so he's he's only three men short of a football team to manage himself. So at this current pace, we know in a few years he's gonna have to be full time, you know, for the family. But but he's got a lot of football in him. I mean, look, his arm's not that strong, and he's athletic enough. But you know, I mean, if Tom Brady's still slinging it around at forty one, sure. You know, well, look, I mean, these I, guys are playing longer and longer now. I said last night in the podcast, you know, you could easily bring Fitzpatrick back next year to be your starter and draft a quarterback. You could. It's and, definitely an and, option. And, you know, Fitzpatrick could even start that year so that you're not playing your quarterback right away, that you're right. grooming them like they did with Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes and, and others and let them sit for a while. Right. You could easily do that if you're the, the Bucks organization. But a lot of it may depend on who the coach and GM is. Well, I, mean, I, that, think, that's, and I think that's, that's, that's the, the part key. of this you don't know is that right. if Fitzpatrick does really well or does does it okay and they finish seven and nine, eight and eight, you know, is is who's who's running the organization at that point? Right. Is Jason Light still there? Is Dirk Cutter still there? Right. And and I'm going to maintain, and I don't know anything about anything, but I'm I'm going to say this that Winston will play again this year. You know, at some point, I think Fitzpatrick, the magic will maybe wear off or they'll get towards the end of the season. They'll say, you know what, we need to we need to see what we got when you see more of this guy. I'll say he'll play the rest of this year. And if they don't have a winning record or make it to playoffs or something like that, somebody Winston's somebody's going to come in here and be given a chance or maybe maybe even a, a command to try their best, you know, one more time to save this quarterback. I just that's sort of where I think we're headed cuz well, I I can't I can't fathom them going, okay, well Fitz unless you know, unless Fitz runs the table, God bless him and he's Kurt Warner. You know, if he turns into Kurt Warner at the Arizona Cardinals, you know. I I think he'll play again too, but there's another part of this that if you get down to say it's week 13, 14, you're, you're end of the season, maybe you're out of the playoffs by that point. Right. Jameis Winston's guaranteed $20.9 million next year against injury. I know. I so know. at that point, are you putting Ryan Griffin in to see what he's got? <laughs> Maybe. Instead of Jameis, because you don't want to pay out 20.9 if, if he gets yeah, hurt. If he you gets hurt, you want to have that decision. In, in, you know, you want to have that make that decision in the offseason, perhaps. Right. You know, th- we know that the Glazers really love Jameis, but has their viewpoint changed based on I don't know. this season, the suspension, everything else? You know, I can is, tell is Dirk, you is Dirk, this, benching, with, is Dirk benching Jameis because he had a bad game, or does he think he's regressed? Well, and we don't necessarily know that answer either. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's Dirk had, knows the he's play had, calls, Dirk knows the preparation. Does he believe right. that maybe Jameis has regressed some? Because, yeah, you know, I mean, I think, I think he does. I think it's about, it's about lack of production, it's about turning the ball over. They can't, they can't win without the football. Mm-hmm. You dig yourself these giant holes, and it's like. There's plays to be made over the all over the field. I mean, 570 something yards of total offense, a club record. I mean, it's a prolific offense in many ways. 
I mean, but, you know, Patrick Mahomes gets all the the accolades this yeah. year, and rightfully so. But the Bucks' offense is right up there with them. It's better, and, and, and they're doing it while turning yards. the ball and doing it while turning the ball over a lot. I believe right. what fifteen right. interceptions this year. Yeah, yeah, it's um, interesting times we live in. I mean, it really is because I I think that they they had to give Dirk you know a chance to make that decision, and it could be absolutely the one that gets him. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what Martin Finley wrote. Like, look, I don't care what you say. The the futures of Dirk Cutter and Jason Light. I mean, that's where they're tied. So well, but you know, but the future of this franchise really is. I mean, if you don't bring Jameis back next year, then you're starting over again trying to find a franchise. That's right. You're hoping you find that guy. Yeah. That's whether it's right. through the draft done, or whether it's you know you try to trade or sign somebody. Yeah. By the way, as they've done with Doug Williams. Benny Testaverde, Steve Young, Trent Dilfer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What do they all have in common? I mean, <laughs> he's going to go somewhere. And, win. and I really think that's a paralyzing fear. You can't look at things like that. You know? Well, but the NFL, the quarterback is so important. Oh, geez. You know, I mean, if, if I was a general manager or owner of a team, whatever else is, you got to figure out the quarterback position. Nothing else matters if you can't figure that position out. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And that And look at the resources they devoted to that side of the ball. That's the irony. They finally finally have all these weapons, all these pass catchers, uh, an okay but not great offensive line. Sure they'd like to run the ball better. That's there's no doubt about that. Um but but man, you put together all these pieces around this quarterback and it's the quarterback that's falling down. Yeah, he's got you know, he's, you know he's had a, a worse interception rate than any point in his career, and he's got more weapons. I know it does. It's counterintuitive. It's like, it's, wait a minute, this is when you were throwing to Cecil Shorts, you were better. <laughs> I mean, what? How does this work? I mean, you've got O.J. Howard and you've got Chris Godwin and uh, all these people, and and none of them are Cecil Shorts. Nothing against Cecil, who blew out you know blew out his knee on the play, but like, you know, Freddie Martino had bigger games, you know, than some of these guys. It's just weird to me. They've done everything they can, and yet, you know. And then the other thing was, and, and this has not happened. I don't mean to be a, a cynic, but that's you know by my nature, that's sort of who I am. But um, so after the press conference, the locker room opens, and, and guys come through there as their position meetings break up. And this has never happened that I can remember before. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But Jameis knew that that Dirk just went down there and told us that he was, you know, changing quarterbacks. And and I hadn't seen this happen. Monday, James is in the locker room, and he's playing ping pong with Duke Preston. Now, he didn't talk, but he was very lighthearted, you know, having a good time. Um, I don't know. It felt almost like, hey, me, why me worry? No, I'm not worried. I'm here playing ping pong, you know, kind of thing. Is um, it that, or is it him trying to be a good teammate, showing I'm going to do what's maybe. best for the team? Maybe, but it wasn't. It was Duke Preston who isn't actually on the team. Sure, he's kind of like sure. a liaison, but still, that's that's sort of what he was doing. It just seemed just seemed odd to me. We didn't talk to Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm sure that we will on Wednesday. So yeah, this is uh, interesting times, and you know, we we've seen it before. We've seen this movie before, and it rarely ends the way you want it to. So here's another just, question: Are the Bucks trying out kickers this week again? They should be. They absolutely should be. They did last weekend, and maybe they'll just call those guys back. Well, Dirk Cutter, um, Dirk Cutter in his post-game press conference said, 
I was going to pull Jameis, but then he hit the 60-yard pass to Deshaun Jackson. And so I That's said, right. well, maybe he's turning around. Did Cantazaro do that like with a 59-yard field goal? Yeah, yeah. You know, is that the same right. situation? Are they trying somebody out, or, or is that 59-yard field goal Well, they tried a couple kickers shot? out. Yeah, they tried a couple kickers out last Tuesday. Tuesday's a big tryout day in the NFL. They're likely to have mm-hmm. more today. Um, you know, you keep you always want an index of who's next, who's next, who's next. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're, you know, they're football players. You know, it just just a good idea. But, yeah. You know, I sent you some audio this morning. I'm a big Dan Levitard fan. Oh, it was hilarious. I, I just enjoy their show. And they were talking about feeling bad for Dirk Cutter with the situation that Jameis and, <laughs> and Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then they got to Canton Zaro. And, and one of their producers is a huge Browns fan, Mike Ryan. So he was lamenting how does – Cantazaro hit a 59-yarder to win it one week, but can't hit an extra point any other week. <laughs> no, I know. And it's killing. I mean, these are huge points. I mean, imagine, like, I was trying to think of myself, okay, because I was saying it while it was happening. Like, they're going to go down there and score a touchdown, and they're going to have to go for two. And they could lose, you know, 33-32 because a guy missed an extra point. And how tragic would that be, right? Well, they bailed him out. They got the two-point conversion. But he's missed four. I don't think that they're right. Just the fact that you don't miss two in a row doesn't really matter to me. It's not good. The other thing Levitard said was, how about having a guy like Jameis Winston who has been throwing the ball away ever since college and you absolutely know that's who he is, and you're backing him up, you bring in a guy that has thrown six before <laughs> in his career. So it's like, I don't know. You know, you don't really know what's going to happen or whether it's sustainable, but, you know, it's Ryan Fitzpatrick to the rescue. Yeah, there's so much wrong sort of you know with with this team and and um and yet you know there's there's nine games and that's the thing how does an organization that has this invested in Jameis and this is the other argument that that Martin Finley and others would make is look you still have nine weeks to find out take advantage of just do it just play them you know what I mean play them because do you really think that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to win enough games to get you in the postseason and, and, I mean, he's going to get a chance. Martin is correct from an organizational standpoint. Right. But you still got 52 other players in that room. That's And there's the problem. And You're exactly so, right. you know, do you want to lose Mike Evans? No. Gerald McCoy? Although Mike's a big Jameis guy. Well, but, but what I'm <laughs> Not saying that he is... Cares. But, I mean, but, he's had great success with Fitz. But, yeah, you could you could definitely lose players you that lose players like, that all of a sudden now don't want to be here, don't... You know, right. I mean, you're, 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 you know, you're at that point, them. you're not necessarily yeah. tanking because I think Jameis has more than enough talent to, right, to not call it tanking, but the, yeah, it's it's obvious or it seems obvious that the players believe Fitzpatrick gives them the best chance to win. If Fitzpatrick's right. not out there, then why are the players going to give it their all? So then, right. what situation are you putting Jameis in at that point? A really bad one. Yeah, no, I I think they were backed in a corner, and and I think they did the right thing. I don't know if it's sustainable with Ryan Fitzpatrick. We'll see. I don't know how Jameis Winston reacts to this. Um, like I said, so far he was, you know, he seemed fine. Um, emotionally, he didn't really stop and talk to anybody. But, you know, I'm sure we'll talk to him and and uh, Ryan, you know, on Wednesday. But in the meantime, never a dull moment at One Buck Place. We have another quarterback change. I think this is three now for the season, um, if you count the fact that their hand was forced to begin the season with Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, 
That's what we got going on at One Buck Place. Uh, there is a team, though, in Tampa that uh, doesn't have as much drama, but lots of wins. And that's the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they're back in action tonight, right? The Devils are in town uh, after the Lightning finished a 3-1-1 road trip. Victor Hedman's going to miss at least the next two games, probably more, before he's evaluated. Andre Palat, still day-to-day, but uh, did not practice on Monday, so uh, he'll probably miss Tuesday as well. Danik Martell's been recalled from his conditioning stint. And, of course, Adam Ernie was back in the lineup over the weekend with Palat being out. Slater Cuckoo got in for the first time over the, the weekend with Hedman being out. Now, didn't you say they practiced again uh, with the line of uh, Stamkos? Looked like Stamkos, Kucherov got some time together uh, on a line and practiced today. Don't know if that will carry over the game or not. Um, I, I know that uh, they those two like playing with each other and are probably pushing for it. So um, they've gotten – you know, obviously they play in the power play together, but they've even gotten some time after penalty kills when uh, a lot of their line mates have been killing penalties and they come out and they can put those two together to – trying to generate some offense coming out of a power a penalty kill situation. So, yeah, We'll see if they can keep their uh, their winning ways going over there at Emily. And then uh, you had the uh, the World – what did you think of the World Series? I mean, look, they had the 18-inning game. I think Boston came into it as a better team. They're certainly leaving that way. But a big Tampa Bay footprint in this World Series. Oh, let's see. Steve Pierce, David Price, Nathan Avaldi, uh, all had big roles in, in the World Series. You know – Look, I, from the beginning of the series, I said it was going to be Boston in five games. Boston was by far the better team. Uh, I did not expect David Price to pitch as well as he had. No. Based on his postseason you know, career. Not that I thought he'd pitch bad, but he was exceptional in this World Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Steve Pierce, you know, who would have thought you know, he's going to be the MVP with, with his performance in there? And Nathan Avaldi in, in, in extra innings. You know, what, a, what a workmanlike effort there. Boston was the best team in baseball this year. They proved it in the playoffs. They well, they lose three games in the playoffs. I think they I won think eleven and it. three, eleven out of fourteen. Uh, you know, and Andy Freed uh, on Twitter the other day said, "Had it not been for the Rays' miracle comeback in the eighth inning of Game One, which they were trailing four nothing, I believe, and won six to four, mm-hmm. that the Red Sox would have uh, led the division wire to wire." Wow. Which I believe has only been done once before. That was the nineteen ninety Cincinnati Reds. So they're not going away. I mean, they're not. And the Yankees are good, too. And, you know, the Rays won 90 games. I mean, what a division, right? And the Blue Jays should be better. The, the Orioles have to be better. You can't be worse. But, yeah, Tampa Bay. I mean, Tampa Bay, was that was the whole World Series. Former Rays. That, well, and then you, you, think? you know, Andrew Friedman on the other side with running the Dodgers. and yeah. A lot of former Rays connections in the World Series. That's correct. What do you think of David Price? I mean, I mean, not just his performance, but like he has been wearing sort of this scarlet letter. You know, everybody trots out zero and ten or whatever his ERA is, and you know he sort of finally gets over with two wins in the World Series. I guess you can say anything at that point, but he still seemed a little, I don't know, with uh, well, angry. It, it, it's, or, it's obvious it's bothered him for years. Uh, you know, even even I believe, and I'm going to paraphrase the quote, but from his, you know, when he signed with the Red Sox, it was, I've saved all my postseason wins until I played in Boston. <laughs> you know, I, 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 think it's, I think it truly, I mean, look, he had a you know, wonderful postseason with Tampa Bay, you know, his first, you know, his first year up and, oh, and yeah. in a relief role. But then when he became a starter, every time he's been in those situations, it had not been what he expected. Um, right. You know, I, I think... You know, did he come off bitter or whatever? Maybe, you know, but I think a little bit, I think yeah. some of it was in the, you know, kind of a relief almost, 
Maybe. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, look, I've never been in those situations where, you know, I'm an elite pitcher and expected to perform, and, and I, I haven't very well in the postseason. And, you know, you, you, I suppose you could almost start to question yourself a little bit when you get into situations or, you know, you start giving up a hit here or there. And, oh, sure. You know, that sometimes, sometimes in the heat of those moments, sometimes it comes off a little differently than you want it to be. You know, now he's had I mean, some. I think he's, he's had good, some. I, he's had some scrapes with the media, even this. You know, in the past year or two, with Dennis Eckersley and others, where yeah, you know, he kind of he kind of takes that stuff personally. I, I think too personally, to be honest. I mean, you know, based on right. the stuff with Dennis Eckersley and other things that you know, he just he takes criticism rather personally. Yeah, and it was probably him just you know get off my back. He's got he got over and he's got scoreboard now and I look mm-hmm. I, it's got to be a great feeling for him I thought he's going to win the MVP but his buddy Steve Pierce took it from him instead because um, Pierce was like the batting hero in those games two former Rays winning World Series and it's like their fourth it's like their it's Boston's fourth World Series fourth in fifteen years in fifteen years that's incredible yep that's their ninth overall but fourth in fifteen years. Wow. And they hadn't won in 83 years prior to uh, John Henry taking over the team or buying the team. Yeah, that's nuts. The Red Sox have built a first-class organization from the top down. Different sports, different scenarios, especially financially. I mean, Boston has unlimited resources in baseball compared to other teams. But right, look at good organizations tend to win consistently. That's and, right. And it starts from the top down. And, and just look in our town, Jeff Vinnick. Look at what he's done with the Lightning, and they're consistently winning. They've been to the Eastern Conference Finals three of the last four years and four of the last eight years. Yep, and, hired and, good and people. Looks yep. like there's a pretty good shot they could be back this year. I mean, you know, you mm-hmm. got to play out the season and see how everything goes, but and, and, and no one's thinking that anytime soon they're not going to be competing for that every year based on, you know, the, the, the core that they've got signed and then the, the young guys they've got coming up through, you know, the AHL, Syracuse team, plus the juniors and everything else. So, you know... Good organizations tend to win over and over again. And baseball is a little different because of the, the money situation. But, look, for years the Yankees have spent tons of money and couldn't win. Right. Um, right. You know, it doesn't well, have to be Sox... all about that. But it's about your organization. And it's about how you run it from top down. And, and the good or- – you know, look at the NFL. Who's the best-run organization in football is probably what, the Patriots? Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, they just – they do things the right way. They, they handle their business. They, you know, they just – it's, and it starts from the top down. Robert Kraft's a great owner. You know, what's, yep. one, what's an organization that seems to be in disarray all the time? The Cowboys. <laughs> Jerry Jones has a lot of money. He has a lot of money. He's a great yeah. personality. But he won't get out of the way. But he doesn't seem to run a very good organization. And they no, seem to, you know, flounder most of the time. Or, you know, I mean, they got everything they nine, need eight, to eight. win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the facilities, all that. He's done everything he can do there. But he also meddles too much. You know, great organizations tend to, you know, you're going to have down years here and there, especially, you know, with salary caps and things like that in a lot of these leagues that, you know, force some parity in, in decisions. But good organizations tend to win consistently over time. Bad ones tend to well, lose consistently over time. Yeah, I've been covering one that hasn't won consistently over time, and they've made a quarterback change, and it should be interesting. We'll have all of that uh, this week. Uh, I'm sure, you know, we'll hear from Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, probably on Thursday. Of course, all the defensive guys uh, come back on on Wednesday and they get ready for their game. Oh, man, Carolina, tough place for them to play. They never they never really do well up there very often, and uh, and that team 
that team's for real again. Cam Newton's playing great. So well, and I think you know be- this this week all focus should be on the defensive side of the ball for the Bucks. I mean, you know, the Panthers have a, a very good defense, one of the best in great football. Defense, yeah. You can't expect yeah. to roll at 567 yards this week. No. You're not going to roll as easy as you have. doesn't mean you're not going to score and do well. But your defense can't dig you a hole again, which they've no, done almost that's what every they've game. Done. Yeah, almost every game now, that's, that's what's happening. And I don't care what the analytics say. If I'm Dirk Cutter and you win a coin toss, I would take the ball if for no mm-hmm. other reason. You know, it goes against everything. Sure. But why why start in the hole seven to nothing or you know three to nothing or whatever? I don't know. It just seems weird to me that the strength of your team is your offense, but but you're not starting a game with them because you know the numbers say that you're going to get an extra possession if you come out in the second half and finish the first half with the ball. So it's kind of weird that way. Anyway, yeah, but I think well, you need to play with the lead. You do. You got to play absolutely. Yeah, that's, that that would change the whole season for them if they could do that. We got lots of bucks, bucks talk, talk. The I'm already losing it. Bucks talk this week, and uh, we'll be on that as well. Got Tom Jones that I'll probably make a little visit with tomorrow, and then of course college football with Matt Baker. Uh, he'll be on board uh, sometime this week as well. He'll Maybe be on Thursday's podcast. Yeah, we'll we'll do. We got lots of good stuff going on. Some big games this weekend remember, in college football. There are some big games. You got Alabama, right. Alabama, LSU, and mm-hmm. uh, the college football uh, playoff playoff rankings come out for the first time tonight. The polls coming out. Yeah. That's Alabama right. should be easy number one. Then you know Clemson will be two. Clemson probably two, and then it's take your Notre pick Dame between three. Uh, LSU, Notre Dame, Michigan, Georgia. Take sure. your pick on who the third and fourth team will be. Absolutely, and it'll change. It's going to change a whole. Oh bunch. well, I mean Alabama LSU are going to play this week. That's going to change a lot of things. Right, right, exactly. Hey, just remember if uh, you have some air conditioning needs, make sure you go see my good friends Howard and Sue Million at Millionaire Air Conditioning. Uh, call them. They're going to get the best deal, 0% interest now for 72 months on qualifying equipment. Call them at 727-862-2100. Well, it's been a uh, kind of a long day, a long night for me, uh, flying back, of course, from uh, beautiful Cincinnati, where it was a little chilly up there. And so I'm going to get some rest in the meantime. Hope you guys uh, enjoy the podcast, and uh, feel free to interact with us if you want to on Twitter at uh, – Sports Day TB, you can do that, or you can interact with me at NFL Stroud or my email address, rstroud at tampabay.com. Man, I've been getting some mean tweets. I might have to read some of these here coming up in a <laughs> little while. You're doing your best you Jimmy Kimmel are, impersonation? Oh, man, you folks are crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's like on the one hand, somebody thinks I protect Winston too much and I'm not blaming Dirk Cutter. On the other hand, they're like good riddance with Jameis Winston and we want Fitzpatrick. And then it's it's run the gamut. It's really been interesting uh, – Everybody at least uh, has, has seems to have an opinion. So that's a good thing. So make sure you interact with us as much as you want. We'll try to answer all those emails and any questions that you might have as well. So for Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. <laughs>